0: Check, check We got this going, check Check I'm not really sure how to get this thing screwed in so it won't move But it's alright, let's just get it rolling It's time, it's well past time For a new episode of the What's The Matter With Me show The What's The Matter With Me podcast I'm not sure if this is a podcast, a show, or is it a podcast, or is it a podcast show? Well, it's time, and it's well past time. I'm sure we'll figure that out at some point. Is it a show? Is it a podcast? Is it a podcast show? It's the What's the Matter with Me podcast. You are tuned in. Let's bring the thing into existence. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm just, I, I'm falling off, but not completely. I kept with the thing, it's just going a little bit slower you are tuned into the what's the matter with me podcast my name is john i'm 44 years old husband father of two small business owner radio dj podcaster and i have multiple sclerosis and trigeminal neuralgia i make this podcast to share what i'm going through I was thinking about getting out of the podcast business a couple of weeks ago, but then my listeners wrote me and they were like, forget it. But one of them said, this is a podcast about having to deal with adversity and that you can live a full life dealing still with disability and adversity. You can live a full life. And a happy life. Because that's what I'm doing. Let me see. I got notes in here somewhere. I'm supposed to talk about something. Yo, shout outs. Shots out. Big shouts to Max Level. KFJC DJ Max Level. He is a, a, a radio DJ, so he stands at the edge of an inky black ocean holding a torch aloft. You can check it out at kfjc.org. That was the image that I kind of, when I was DJing my Two to six a.m. spots. I was. I envisioned myself as like a beacon, as like a statue of liberty, playing free music. Really. The fundraiser wrapped up. I'll tell you about that in a second, but I gotta give these shouts out shout outs to Rocky. She dug the face tattoo idea where instead of getting a face tattoo when you think of something that would make a great face tattoo. What were mine? I think it was I I submitted poetry to ten publications and then another one was, I am a published poet. That's kind of, if it doesn't work out, you can still be like, well, I submitted it. I have submitted. Submit Submission is like a thing with poets. I learned it as I am becoming a poet. Something that's cool is they update when you submit your poetry, they, the editor of the magazine will update and say, I'm considering it. So, a couple of my submissions are in the considering it phase. And I think that probably ends in rejection, almost certainly. And, uh, but it's cool to be in this considering it phase. It's like a little, it's a little more positive than received. It was in the received Phase. So the face tattoos, you know, I'm a published poet or I've submitted my poetry to 10 publications, both good facial tattoo ideas. So I write them on a slip of paper and then I keep them in a drawer with other slips of paper with facial tattoo ideas written on them. And that's like a buffer to some degree that keeps me away from actually having a face tattoo is that there's an active debate about which one I should get. It's It'll never resolve itself. Anyway, shout outs to Rocky who dug the face tattoo idea. She came up with her own face tattoo idea and I forget what it was, but I wrote a note in here. Remember to use the drawer. Do not get the face tattoo. Write it on a slip of paper and put that in the drawer of facial tattoo ideas. Repeat. Do not get a face tattoo. Just a drawer. Just a drawer full of scraps of paper with tattoo ideas written on them. So shout-outs to Rocky, shout-outs to Max Level. The fundraiser, the KFJC fundraiser wrapped up. The reason I'm talking about it is because I made a lot of spots that they would play all month long. You know, are you or someone you love a reptile? Uh, That was one of them. And so they kept playing them all. I was all over the air at KFJC. KFJC.org last month. And it it kind of, I really, a couple of years ago, another KFJC DJ, Dominic Trix, had recorded like nine or ten spots, and their team kind of improvised. I got jealous. This year, I was like, I'm going to do that. I started in January. Maybe I'll start again in January for next year's fundraiser. We do it once a year. It's in October. The fundraiser wrapped up. They gathered all the money they need for the year, and I donated to fundraiser, and I got the artist shirt, and my, my wife got the girly artist shirt. They do like two different fits, you know? Standard and the girly shirt. So creative growth and creativity explored and I think there's one in Richmond as well. And um, there are studio settings where where artists who have a disability can work in these studios. So for the 50th anniversary, you know, in in art school, we were going to the openings at Creativity Explored and Creative Growth. But we didn't see that stuff at SF MoMA or in any of the other art museums around. And so they have bought a lot of art. So on October 23rd, 2023, SF MoMA and Creative Growth Art Center announced unprecedented partnership in celebration of Creative Growth's 50th anniversary. SF MoMA additionally acquires vibrant range of artworks from locally based Organizations, Creativity Explored, and NIAID, which I think is in Richmond. So San Francisco, California, October 23rd. The San Francisco Museum of Modern Art and Oakland-based Creative Growth Art Center announced today an unprecedented partnership that honors the emergence of the art and disability movement in the Bay Area and brings to the fore a critical and often overlooked aspect of the region's artistic richness. Coinciding with creative growth's fiftieth anniversary, the partnership encompasses the acquisition of more than a hundred works created by artists associated with creative growth. The development of two exhibitions with creative growth artists and the presentation of a series of events that will be activated over the course of three years. Additionally, SF MOMA will acquire works from Creative Growth's two Bay Area peer organizations, with 31 objects from San Francisco-based Creativity Explored and 12 from Richmond-based NIAD nurturing independence through artistic artistic development together the acquisition to make SFMOMA home to one of the largest collections of art by artists with disabilities, a historic moment of recognition for a group of artists long under-recognized by the art world. We are thrilled to embark on this remarkable partnership with SF SFMOMA that further diversifies the museum's collection to include more than 100 works by marginalized Bay Area artists, at Tom DiMaria, director emeritus at Creative Growth Arts Center. This collaboration builds critical bridges between different communities of artists disability activists and cultural leaders and viewers strengthening the artistic landscape of the Bay area. So this is is a big, huge deal. I'll put a link to the press release um, on what's the matter with me.org. But this is like a huge deal. Matthew Higgs was involved. I remember When I went to art school, I graduated in 2000. Matthew Higgs was a curator um, with the Waddes Institute. He was there... And um, Harold Fletcher was working with developmentally disabled people. He was an artist at, at the at that time in the Bay Area. So with Chris Johansson, I remember going to Chris Johansson's studio. Harold took us there, and Chris Johansson talking about creativity explored and creative growth. So it's been a long time that. This stuff has been gestating. You know, uh, when I was in high school, we called stuff like this outsider art. And in a way, they were viewed as like outside the art tradition. You weren't allowed to call these people artists. So it's kind of a big deal. Mama is not, this is not calling, I'm not looking at this text and they're not calling it outsider art. They're calling it a a historic milestone in the contemporary art world. Ginger Schulich Porcella, Executive Director at Creative Growth, it has been far too long that art institutions have ignored or underrecognized artists with disabilities. These talented creators can no longer be relegated to the category of outsider artists as they firmly occupy the walls of museums worldwide. So that's kind of, this is a huge deal. This is recognition for artists with disabilities. And it's big. It's, it's two exhibitions. It's, it's, you know, it's like real recognition. And it, it's buying buying stuff. Put your money where your mouth is. Buy the work. They're buying stuff from creative growth and putting it in the permanent collection. It's a really cool thing. SFMOMA's acquisition of Creativity Explored Archive stuff. Cool. I was watching the World Series. Weirdly, somehow my son got a hold of one baseball card from like my 1989 Topps baseball card. I was like, I'm throwing these out, dude you can have this and it was a Texas Rangers pitcher and he like stared at it and dreamt about it like a kid and now he loves the Texas Rangers and I'm like why why but then they won the World Series so I'm kind of like alright good call so in my house there was a lot of celebration I told him early on in the playoffs I said yo I'll get you The best Rangers player, the home run hitter, is named Adoles Garcia. And I was like, I'll get you Adoles Garcia jersey if they win. And, like, sure enough, they just marched through the playoffs and the World Series, won the World Series over the Diamondbacks in five. I've been getting kind of these spam likes on Twitter. Everything is kind of fake, you know but Deepak, one uh, one person that I've been following for a long time is Deepak Chopra. I just, I don't know why I follow Deepak Chopra. I, I have no idea. Well, maybe I was just like, I want something chill. So I follow Deepak Chopra, at Deepak Chopra, and a lot of times he'll post stuff And it's kinda like Deepak Chopra, you know? So occasionally I'll respond. So Deepak Chopra asked a question, how do we know if our prayers are answered by God? And then you're supposed to read the thread for his response, but I, I was like, forget that, no reading. Too long, didn't read anything. How do we know if our prayers are answered by God? And I was like, really deep voice right? Really deep voice. Really deep. How do we know if our prayers are answered by God? Really deep voice. And occasionally some like person who's got to be spam will like it. You know, some fake sounding human. How do we know if our prayers are answered by God? Deep voice. I was I was really thinking a lot while I was away. I did some deep thinking. Like that Deepak Chopra really deep voice. And then also I was thinking about symbols. You know the names of symbols like the ride symbol, the splash symbol, the crash symbol. Like there's a person who named them, right? And I was like, naming the person who named Symbols had a really cool job. Then they did a lot of research into it and they were like, Wikipedia was kind of holding it back from me, kind of saying, well, the low hat existed and then they had another one on top of it. It was called the high hat. There's no person. I was like, who, who gets hired to name a symbol? A splash versus a crash. Like, they like, like, no, that one's splash, that one's crash, and that one's the ride symbol. It made me think that I had missed my calling. I was like, maybe I should invent a new symbol and name it. Naming symbols. That was a really good job. You know, I'm not sure. I went to art school for being an artist. And I was 15 or so when I was like, I want to go to art school. And people were like, well, you can't draw. That was a big thing. Oh, you can't draw. But how else do you get the job for naming symbols? That person had to have gone to art school. How could they tell the splash from the crash? Do you think the hiring manager had other well-qualified candidates for the naming symbol position? There was like a a big, how was the interview process? It's, it's starting to be the holidays and I just have a message tucking in your teeth. Tucking in your t-shirt doesn't make it look any more formal. In fact, it makes you look like a pumpkin who thinks that a tucked in t-shirt is appropriate for some event that it is not appropriate for. Otherwise, you wouldn't tuck in your silly t-shirt. And the note after that, you know, my son is having... A hard time you know taking a shot and missing it he gets upset swing at the bat and miss it he gets upset I was talking with my wife and I remember when I was a kid I had this thing they would come down I would get upset because I wasn't perfect I would miss some question on a test and they would frame it like, like, come on, even Jesus Christ was not perfect. So how dare you be upset that you also are not perfect? Even Jesus Christ was not perfect. That's the way they, they gave it to me. Not all of them, but some of them gave it to me that way. And that's the way I kind of internalized it. Even Jesus Christ was not perfect. Speaking about perfect, though... All right, I had, it wasn't perfect. Even Jesus Christ is not perfect. It wasn't perfect, but it was pretty close to perfect. I had a good Halloween costume. My family went to the ranch. We were at the Halloween costume, and I was the drummer for Death Leopard because I'm really working with one hand. And Richard John Cyril Allen, bef- born number born 1st of November 1963 who is an English drummer who played for the hard rock band Def Leppard since 1978. He overcame the amputation of his left arm in January 1985 and continued to play with the band which went to its most commercially successful phase. He is known as the Thunder God by fans. He is ranked number seven on the UK website Gigwise in the greatest drummers of all time. So Rick Allen disabled. Come on, I had to be him in my wheelchair. I love that. I got some tights, and they were really tight. I was a little worried about the the how they would fit. You know, I ordered them on Amazon, kind of sight unseen. They were some sick heavy metal white pants. They were pretty awesome kind of zebra print tights. I had a Def Leppard t-shirt and a wig and I was in my wheelchair and I tied a bandana around my leg just because that seemed kind of heavy metal. I'll put a picture of my outfit on the website, okay? So you can view it. Because you should be able to. So I was the thunder god. I thought it was cool to dress up as someone disabled. And I was disabled. Rick Allen's disabled. He's number seven all time. So I was worried about whether the tights would fit. I was like, are they going to be tall enough? What's the deal? Reviews on the internet would really help me. The tights. The tights. There was one reviewer. The reviewer's like, "I'm five nine, I weigh two hundred thirty pounds," and he said, "I'm pretty sure my junk was showing, but I wore them." So I was like, "Okay, if that guy can get them on, I can get them on." And it worked. It worked. And I was sitting in the wheelchair. I don't think my junk was showing. I was wearing underwear. Maybe was it different? So I'm taller than him, but I don't think I'm at 230 last week. So I had a wig, a heavy metal wig. That was pretty awesome. I ordered that on Amazon. It came with sunglasses and a heavy metal guitar t-shirt or sorry, um, guitar necklace And the glasses were broken upon arrival, but it was like they're just aviators and I didn't really want them. So I was fine with that. It was a good costume. Good costume for a guy in a wheelchair to be the the Def Leppard drummer. It was cool. My wife um, went to San Diego for work. She flew out in the morning, and came back at the night. So I took the kids. I did breakfast. I took the kids to school by myself. And I picked them up and I fed them dinner and bath and bedtime. And they were really good. They were like teamwork. I was really impressed because I'm kind of open with the communication. I'm like, look, I'm here. It's just me. You can go against what I have to say, but I'm just trying to get you to school. And it worked. I've been making this sauce. Actually, Nami's been making it. I've been grilling the meat. So we grilled skirt steak, we grilled flank steak, and we put this the real chimichurri on it. And it's from Steven Reichlin, um, the barbecue barbecue expert. And so I'll put a link to that, but it's just like, Use, it uses dried oregano, it uses some fresh parsley, but it's like made of dried oregano capers. It's fresh garlic, salt, black pepper, dried oregano, red pepper flakes, red wine vinegar, lemon juice, olive oil, and parsley. So it's a really simple sauce for grilled meat, kind of green sauce. And since it doesn't use fresh oregano, it's kind of cheating. My fresh oregano hasn't come in all the way yet. So I saw this um, Judy Woodruff reporting as part of the disability reframed reports on um, on PBS NewsHour. So she's talking with the former New York City Deputy Mayor Dan Doctoroff, and he got the highline He led the Highline Project into a park and he has ALS. In 2021, he was diagnosed with ALS. In the words, in his words, Dan Doctoroff, I have really, I have always been somebody who focuses on the future, so much so that I never really enjoyed anything I achieved, because it was always on to the next thing, but when I was diagnosed, I stopped thinking about the future a lot, and I really don't think about the course of the disease, I live more day to day. How has you, Judy Woodruff, how has your daily life changed, the daily routine of your life, how has that changed? Dan Doctoroff, I can't do a lot of the things that I love to do, like biking, walking, things that require a lot of physical exertion, but I've learned to adapt. And he has an organization to fight ALS. I really enjoyed it. The way they ended Judy Woodruff. He now has a second grandchild. And he says he's not thinking about the future anymore. Dan Doctoroff. I'm going to do everything I can to extend my life. Even if it's going on a permanent ventilator, feeding tube, being paralyzed, and only being able to communicate with my eyes, I will take that option because I want to live. I want to see them grow up. And I think I can contribute even as I get sicker, Judy Woodruff, and squeeze every bit of life that there is, Dan. Totally, every bit of life, and do it day by day. Judy, days he is savoring more than ever. I thought that was an inspiring segment. I'll put a link on whatsamatterwithme.org about another guy dealing with adversity. Former NYC deputy mayor raises millions for ALS research while facing his own mortality. November 1, 2023 on The News Hour. Check the page at what's the matter with me for the link. I've been checking out Washington Phillips on Dust to Digital. I heard it the other day. I I haven't heard it since 2018, which is when it came out. On dust to digital I'll put a link to it. It's Washington Phillips and His Manzarin Dreams. It's a hardcover book with a CD. Some really great tunes on there. Lift Him Up and that's all. Take Your burden to the Lord and Leave It There. Train Your Child. I am born to preach the gospel. That's a pretty cool gospel tune he's saying I am born to preach the gospel and I sure do love my job it's pretty good sometimes I like I was talking to my wife about gospel and it's very inspiring because the people are like possessed you know they're like I was born to preach the gospel you're kind of like that person is nuts but they also are just possessed they're really into it it's cool I like it And Washington Phillips plays a weird instrument. After combing through various archives and talking with the last surviving people from the Simsboro area who remembered Phillips, we now know the name of Phillips' homemade instrument, the manzarine, When, where, and how he died and many anecdotes about what his life was like, it's it's from seventy eight RPM records. It's a really interesting. This guy plays a kind of piano, I guess. It's almost like a Glockenspiel or something. It's a. Uh, also, it's kind of like a, um, a zither, some kind of zither. It's a really interesting homemade instrument, and he sang gospel and blues on it. Washington Phillips and his Manzarine Dream. I was talking to my son this morning. He, I heard through my wife, she was talking to my friend, and my friend um, was saying that her son came to her and said my son came to him and was talking to him about bullies. Like he's afraid of being bullied because I'm in a wheelchair when he goes to middle, middle school. And my friend's son was like, why are they going to bully you? He didn't really get it, you know? And my my son was afraid he was going to get bullied because I'm different, you know? So I understand that. That's fair. I was talking to him this morning, and I was like, you know, that's kind of bad behavior. Whoever wants to make fun of someone who's in a wheelchair And he's like, I've said, you know what that means, toxic, when someone's kind of acting and behaving in a toxic way? And he said, like, rude. And I was like, absolutely. And it's like, disabled people, people who make fun of disabled people are toxic. That's toxic behavior. To make fun of a disabled person, a disabled person has enough to deal with So you know, I don't know if that helped at all, but I hope at some point he'll he'll put together. Oh yeah, you're making fun of me because my dad's in a wheelchair. That's toxic behavior, and that maybe as he gets older, he'll learn more what that means, and he'll get strength enough from it. But you know, we talked about my son. He he has. Uh, he carries a weight that I can't imagine that I don't know what it is. You know, my dad was, was fit, um, probably to a fault and he didn't have to be so fit, but maybe he did. You know, I was talking to this guy, he was doing kind of triathlete, endurance and I was like you know that at some point the question becomes what are you running from and the way he looked at me I was like well I've just like hit a, a nerve there but same thing with dad like why you gotta exercise so much what do you what are you getting at and the same thing with my son like I'm not gonna be a fit jock dad who can beat up your dad I remember those conversations on the schoolyard but I just wanted to put together that people who want to bully other people because of disability that's kind of toxic behavior and at some point maybe my kid will put it together anyway knock on wood for that alright thank you for tuning in to the what's the matter with me podcast I'll be back I'll be back next week I hope so. I got to get in a lot of episodes before the year ends. Thanks for tuning in. Send me an email john at hoppingworld.com J-O-H-N at H-O-P-P-I-N-W-O-R-L-D or use the contact form on the website whatsthamatterwithme.org That's how we'll be in contact. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next time.